Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to a rare game day edition of Land Grant Uncut. My name is Matt Tuminini. Because today's game against the Wisconsin Badgers is a night game, and if we're being honest, this noon window is pretty bad, we thought that you might be in need of some more Ohio State football content to occupy your time before the slate of good games happens at 3.30, leading up into kickoff between the Buckeyes and the Badgers at 7.30. So you are getting a bonus episode of Uncut, and on this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State head football coach Ryan Day not once, but twice. You will also hear from defensive coordinator Jim Knowles and starting quarterback Kyle McCord. First up, you'll hear from Day and Knowles from their regular Tuesday afternoon press conference. Then you will hear Ryan Day's rapid-fire question session from the post-practice media availability on Wednesday. And then we'll wrap it up from Kyle McCord on Wednesday as well. Now, before we get into that audio, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you can get all the unique and varied perspectives that you will only hear from the Land Grant Podcast Network. Also, if you wouldn't mind, we would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your daily dose of audio goodness. All right, with all of that out of the way, here is the Tuesday press conference from Ohio State head football coach, Ryan Day. Thanks for coming, folks. Nice, nice crowd today. We're going to open up the floor. <laughs> <laughs> nice crowd. Front row, Dave Biddle, 24-7 Sports. Hi, Ryan. I know you're not going to comment on what's going on specifically in Michigan, but just sign stealing in general, how much do you have to be aware of? I know it's nothing new. We talked to you about it before the Clemson game a few years sure. ago. Just how aware of it do you have to be? Yeah. Um, whether Anything regarding that right now, I'm just not going not gonna to comment on today. Just... I'd rather just focus on on Wisconsin, but I obviously appreciate it. You got to ask your questions, but I just that's just something I don't want to get into right now. Yeah. Uh, second row right, Bill. Lam- ask another question if you want, because <laughs> that, that doesn't really count. That's kind of just the one you throw out there. Dallin, the plan still to redshirt Dallin? Are you just kind of wait and see? No, no. Well, I mean, you know, we're gonna keep pushing that this week um, and evaluate it again this week, but um, you know. We'll, we'll see how the week goes, but what we're, we're going to push it to, to see if we can get him in a game this week. Yeah. Uh, second row right, Bill Landis, Rolls the podcast. Right on the on the play where uh, Devin got hurt. Was there yeah. any discussion about whether or not he actually scored on that play? It looked kind of close. I don't, I don't know. If they didn't announce a replay. But well, they did. They did review it. Did yeah, and they said he was short. Okay. Yeah, um, we knew it was really close. Um, you know, once he went down, I figured wouldn't have to use a challenge because I thought it was really close. But but once that happened, they they let me know that they did review the call. I know you said, um, I think last time on the radio, that you're not going to have him for a few weeks. So does that package, does that package of plays get shelled? Do you look at, can Lincoln do any of that yeah. stuff or a, a wildcat situation? Like yeah, no, he's, he's very athletic and, uh, you know, he can, um, you know, he's younger, but, 
but he, he is athletic. So, you know, we're going to look to see if we can, you know, maybe possibly get him in that role, um, see how the week goes. Uh, fourth row middles, Tony Gergen, Buckeye Huddle. Ryan, with uh, Carnell Tate being as advanced as he is, where does he compare to guys at this time in the past? Olaf, Chris Olaf, yeah. and Marvin, and those guys. Similar. I mentioned that um, to somebody just the other day. When you look at where Chris was that, that year, um, Garrett, uh, Jackson, um, you know, th- those guys, uh, Marvin, uh, you know, Mech, they, you know, they, they were coming on as you hit the mid-year and then the second half of the season is where they really made an impact. And I think Carnell coming at mid-year allowed him the opportunity in that same position to be on the same track. Basically as a starter at this point? Uh, he's, a, he's a contributing uh, member of the, of the offense and uh, he does, um, he's got really good skill set. He's got to you know, keep growing and building for, sh- for sure. But um, he's some, somebody that we feel confident putting in the game. Second row middle, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Uh, just kind of more on the link. And stuff. It's, I know that's a guy where it's, we're talking about Dallin and redshirting situations. It, uh, that was probably the plan with Lincoln as well. How much has that changed? And then also, is Tristan your cleared QB2 with uh, Devin being out? Um, I don't, you know, I think we'll, we'll go through the week and give those guys reps and see how that goes. Um, Tristan has experience. You know, they're, I think they might be five or six years apart you know i mean <laughs> talk about different guys um but but i think you know you know where those guys are one's a more experienced guy one is a younger guy that we think has a really bright future here so both a different um you know spots in their in their career and you know we'll kind of see how this week goes devin's been getting the majority of the reps with the two so those guys haven't really got a ton of reps we do practice on sunday um you know, afterwards and, and allow the younger guys to get reps. So that's where Lincoln's got a bunch of his reps. I think he's done a great job of staying engaged. Um, Tristan's done a great job in his role, but now that role is going to change this week. So um, we'll see how the, the week goes. And who knows, maybe they both will have an opportunity. And can other guys maybe play that role? Like other, like maybe Xavier, other people, does it have to necessarily be a quarterback in this situation when you guys go with that red zone package? Um, no, I mean, we do have guys. And Xavier played you know, um, a little bit of that in, in, in high school. And we, you know, we've messed around with a couple of things with Mecca, but it certainly makes it, you know, going on the road and, you know, with the environment, you know, to put somebody in there like that. I mean, you know, that's kind of a tough spot to be in. So we usually like to use the quarterbacks. Uh, right behind him, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Ryan, just, it seemed like the, the running game, you kind of got something going there in the first half, and then in the second half, it really wasn't effective at all. Just when you look back at the film, just what did you see as maybe the biggest issues there? Um, I, I wish I could point to one thing, but I think it was a combination again, which, you know, isn't good enough. Um, they're very good against the run, don't get me wrong, but it was, you know, there were times where, you know, there was, there was something that wasn't fit up front properly or, um, or was the running back, you know, maybe not hitting the hole correctly? Um, you know, there, there was there was a couple runs in there that I wish, you know, schematically we had back. But again, just looking at the film, I don't think there was anything there that um, we just had an extra guy coming off the edge. Um, so, you know, we, we got to execute it better. We got to coach it better, and you know that that's on us as coaches to get it done. And um, you know, so we'll work our tails off to get it done this week because we need that balance, and we got to be able to do that. How fixable do you feel like those issues are at this point? I, I think they're fixable, um, but we got to get them fixed. That's the bottom line. Um, 
and so we'll keep grinding on that. Right behind it, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Right, and I assume the answer to this will be competitive excellence, but you come off a big emotional win against Penn State. Yep. You go on the road to a, a tough place against a team that maybe hasn't had the success. We've kind of seen this story before with Iowa a handful of years ago. How do you keep the guys at that same level um, in, in maybe a game that won't necessarily have the same feel, even though it's a night game on the road? Right. Um, it's that competitive stamina that you mentioned. I mean, that's the term that we talk about in the, um, you know, in the, in the preseason. When you look at the schedule, we talk about where we're going to be, and, um, and we knew we had to go on the road this year and, and be road warriors. You know, Notre Dame uh, early on was going to be you know a really difficult environment. We knew this was going to be the same way, and so you know we talked about it on Sunday as a team that you know we've got to bring it this week. You know, they're playing well. They're a good football team. They're um, you know, got a really good opportunity to win their side. And, you know, we can't let last week uh, affect this week. And if we want to, you know, championship teams bring it every week. They don't have ups and downs and letdowns. So we're not allowed to have a letdown. We got to bring it. And we know it'll be, you know, a night game. You know, I think it's Halloween weekend. I mean, it's going to be rocking. We know that. So, um, you know, it all starts with what kind of practice week we're going to have. And, We've got to do a great job today of getting out there and putting it on the field and first, second down, then coming back and having a great Wednesday and then building towards it. But, um, you know, that's something that we've talked about for a couple of years now. You've heard me say that, like, you know, we're not allowed to have a bad day. We can't do that. And and this is an example of going on the road, um, you know, in the middle to end of the season against a really good team. And, you know, this is this is always a big challenge for anybody in the conference. And so we got to do a great job this week. Going back to the run game struggles, I know every coach is chasing balance. I get that, but I guess at what point in the season do you just have to accept that you are you are on offense and maybe adjust accordingly to that? Oh, we do that every week. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what we do best. You know, we go in there and, and try to identify the things that we think we can do um, well, and then what fits for that week. Um, you know, each week is a different challenge, different styles of defenses in the conference. Um, but that's something we do on a weekly basis. Is it reasonable to expect that you'll see improvement in the run game that you haven't seen through seven weeks of the season that you can still get to that point? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, that's a good, it's a valid question. Like, you know, what, it's, it's at what point, you know, I think there has been signs of that. Um, and, you know, so we're, we're going to keep pushing. And, and we think, you know, getting a couple guys back, you know, could help as well, help us become more explosive. Um, so we keep pushing, you know, we, we believe we can do it. And, you know, I know we can. I mean, the number one goal is to win and be 1-0 and on Saturday night. But, but you do want to see certain progress in areas uh, that you're focusing on. Um, some of them we have over the, over the season, some that we need to do a better job of. But, um, you know, now as we get into the, the home stretch, we've got to be playing our best football. We said that, right? We want to be playing our best football at the end of the season. So we've got to roll. Far right, Clay Hall, the BSYX. This may be from the same family of questions, but has, has the college game ever considered technology in the helmet audio to you don't need six people on the sideline? Um, I, I, I believe they have. It, it's come up in meetings, um, but I don't, I don't know where that, you know, where that's at right now. Like the cost issue or? Right, I'm not exactly sure, yeah. And how do you avoid the distraction of all of that up there and maybe you just said it it's yeah well I, again when when you're at ohio state um you know there's always going to be noise you know whether it's um things that you aren't doing well or you know things you are doing well you know coming off of a game like we just had 
um, was exciting. You know, our defense played excellent. Um, you know, there was there was flashes on offense. You win the game. It's your second top ten victory in the first seven weeks. You have to ignore that noise too. You know, I still come to work every day thinking we're not very good. You know, and you know I feel like we should have won by thirty points. You know, and you have to have that mentality because whether good, bad, or indifferent, you can't ignore what's. I mean, you have to ignore what's going on outside because what matters is what's going on in this building right here and getting better and winning on Saturday. So um, that's part of being at Ohio State. And, you know, um, you know, we love that part of it because everything we do is relevant, but we have to make sure we're staying focused and avoiding all distractions. Far left, Joe Nugent, WCMA. Do you uh, have an update on trade and Zen Alameca to be available? Yeah, we're expecting to have great weeks of practice out of those guys. Um, expecting to have them ready on Saturday. I know that I said that last week and, and didn't quite get there, but um, no, we're, we're, we're looking to have a really good week of practice and having those guys available. And uh, facing a man who spent a lot of time in this building, um, what stands out about what Luke is doing in Wisconsin? I think it just started when you know he was at, at Cincinnati and what he did there and what he built. Um, his teams are always well coached. Certainly, he um, you know left a lot behind here as a player and a, and as a coach. Um, you know, very well respected by so many, and so we know you know going in that uh, you know they're going to be well coached. They're going to play hard. Um, you know, they have a bunch of guys on that staff with great experience, and so nothing but respect for for Luke, uh, his staff, the team. The program, uh, Wisconsin's always been, you know, an excellent program, and and Luke's done a great job. Third row left, Jeff Gilbert, Press Pros. Coach, uh, Travion, when he does play, hopefully this weekend, as you yeah. said, how much difference can he make in your running game, and what do you expect? Well, uh, we hope he makes um, a, a big impact. Certainly, you know, he know uh, we know that you know he can hit home runs, and he did that in the Notre Dame game, and certainly that was a a big difference in what we're doing. Um, we have confidence in all of our running backs, but you know uh, he does allow us the opportunity to to, to hit a home run and, and be explosive. So that doesn't just happen. There's a lot that comes with that. But you know, um, you know, hopefully we get a good week of practice and him can go put it on the field. Uh, second row left, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. Just to kind of piggyback on the question that, that Pat asked you before, but you were on the staff in 2017, 2018, when, when you had those kind of unexpected losses. Did that experience inform how you have maybe approached things since then as the programs become your own? Are there things that you've tried to emphasize to not have those sorts of unexpected collapses? Yeah. Um, every year you learn things. You know, you identify the things that you did well and then, and then you recognize the things that uh, you have to improve on. And every year you learn. You learn about your staff, you learn about the players, uh, you learn in recruiting, how to adapt, but but you also learn as the season goes on things that have happened, things that you've recognized where you have to make sure that you're communicating some things that may happen a certain way and you try to communicate that to your team and make sure that everyone's aware of that so you don't get ambushed. Um, and Again, you know, the more experience you have, you try to do the best you can to relay it to everybody to make sure they're prepared. Because our goal, again, is to put them in the best situation to be successful. And, um, and so that's why we have to have a great week of practice to make sure we're out in front of this and we're playing our best football on Saturday night. How would you assess uh, Carson Hensman's performance right now relative to where you expected maybe someone in his position to be uh, halfway through this year, but also with such 
little experience he has, maybe especially with this kind of offense. Yeah, you know, Carson coming in had not started a game before, really hadn't played a whole bunch of football. So, um, you know, we know that he's got a um, – he's talented and he's got a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, losing Whipler last year, um, you know, forced him into action. And I thought, you know, there's been some really good moments out there where he's done some really good things. There's still things he's growing on, just like everybody, but uh, – or building on. Uh, and he's growing. And, you know, the goal is to have his best football here now be the home stretch um, because there's nothing you can – there's no way to replace, you know, playing on the road in these styles of games, you know, or seeing these different styles of defense week in and week out. You know, we've seen four down. We've seen three down. We've seen five down. We've seen pressures, you know, and, and those are all new experiences for him, just like a quarterback would be. And for the center, there's a lot of communication that goes on. You have to get everybody on the same page. You have to handle the snap count. You got to handle the snap, uh, and then you got to do your job. So um, you know, got to be able to multitask. And you know, he's he's growing with it. He's building. It's it's not an easy job. Um, but again, the the goal is that he's going to be playing his best football football here down the stretch. Robert Wright, Austin Ward, the podcast rivals. Ryan, we've seen Kyle, and when the stakes are highest, meet the moment. We've seen him make throws into really ridiculous windows, and then they're, they're just at times like the easy ones don't seem to connect what what causes that with a young quarterback how how can you work through that well um you know it, it starts with practice you know being consistent in practice and building that confidence so that you know as coaches we, we got to continue to put them in situations where hey uh, the game almost is easier than than practice and and that's where it starts and then you build the confidence of seeing the look and, and seeing the throws and making the throws consistently um and that's just what it comes down to is being consistent, trusting your feet, trusting your eyes, and, and then making the routine plays routinely um, and then taking care of the football. So I think there's definitely been been signs where we've done that. And when we do, the offense is rolling. Um, and so we'll keep working on that. And just, you know, like I mentioned about Carson, you know, the goal is that we're playing our best football here over the next month. The, the screen to Marvin early, it's hard. For, I, I have no idea. It's hard for me to tell if, like, Maybe Marvin took a step the wrong way. If Kyle was pressured, like when you evaluated that play, and we're saying, well, the throw was off target. How much of that on that one was Kyle? How much of it was something that we don't know? Yeah, I mean, we could probably go through the film and go through each of the plays and identify, you know, who was right, who was wrong in these situations. And so, um, what I don't like to do is point fingers one way or another. But the bottom line is, I think that's what I'm talking about with practice. Like, you know, we've got to be so clean that you know we take the practice field to the game and that we connect. And it's our job as receivers, as quarterbacks, as coaches to make sure that it's exact on the field. The timing, the spacing, uh, the protection, all of that. And um, you know, I can't just say it's one thing, but you know, we, we've got to connect in those areas. We, we've, got to, we've got to do that. Um, you know, whether it's first and second down, third down, red zone. Um, so we'll work back, you know, we'll get back at it this week to make sure that we're, we're efficient, you know, because um, I mean, you, you can see what's out there. I mean, it, 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 the possibilities are there. I mean, it, it's, it's there. We've got to go do it. And, um, you know, if we're going to make this, this run here, you know, we're going to need to do that. Uh, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Brian, as far as the helmet technology goes, in the NFL they have the, the, the mics yep. in the system. And you mentioned that talked about, would you be in favor of something like that? Would you be supportive of it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, – Again, it's not something that you know we're going to discuss right now, you know, because it doesn't really matter right now. What matters is playing this game. Um, but I do think you know we should we should definitely consider that because it would certainly um, help.
how did you find it in the NFL? Because that was in place when you were there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. I mean, the, you know, the, the coach on the sideline had the walkie-talkie, and he would be able to communicate, um, you know, into the into the headset. Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Uh, Ryan, the numbers uh, from PFF say that Josh Simmons has had his three best run blocking grades in each of the last three games. Does that line up with what you guys are seeing in the progression from him? And where do you see him still needing to get better if you guys are going to make the run that you're talking about? Um, I would say it, it's it's the consistency. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, there's some really great f snaps of film out there. And, and you're seeing finish. You're seeing pad level. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing like really high end play and we just need, it just needs to be a little bit more consistent. You know, he knows that, you know, and that's, that's not just him. Um, and that's why when someone asked, you know, is it fixable? I, I think these things are, we just need to be more consistent. Um, but the talent is definitely there. Uh, uh, Cameron Teague Robinson, the athletic. Ryan, this obviously the Arizona iron shot, the sharpens iron when you guys go good on during practice. Specifically with the relationship between the corners and the receivers, over the course of the last year, what's it been like to watch those corners compete against them um, and, and improve to the level they're That's the thing that we talk about here. I think you've heard me say that iron sharpens iron. We get each other better every day. It's not just the, the 12 Saturdays. Uh, in the fall, it's every day in practice, and guys are getting each other better. Um, whether it's, you know, I, I think one of the reasons why maybe you know our tackles were able to block the defensive ends this past weekend is because you know you're going against JT and Jack every day in practice, and vice versa. You know, I think you know JT and Kenyatta and Jack were able to get pressure, you know, on, on a really good left tackle because they go against our tackles every day. So it's the same thing on the back end with the receivers and the DBs, and I think it, it allows them to have confidence knowing that. If I'm going against this guy who's, you know, one of the better guys in the country, then when I play against some of the other teams and play in a matchup game, I can play with confidence because I know I've, I've seen myself have success against somebody as good as they are. When you have a freshman like Jermaine, he's playing his first major snaps in a huge game. What you see from spring to now yeah. um, from him is it? Is that what gives you the confidence knowing that, like, I mean, Jim made a point that he didn't even really know how big the moment was. Is that what Yeah, that's probably right. That? Yeah, that's probably right. You know, he, he just, that's, that was him and that is him. And, but he's, he's one of the more competitive guys that, you know, we had in this incoming class. He loves to compete and the moment wasn't too big for him. And, and now he's got to be consistent. You know, it's one thing to do it. Now it's another thing to do it, you know, multiple weeks in a row. So uh, he did step up in a big way and, and he has made a lot of progress from, um, you know, from when he came in. But that's part of being a freshman. You know, it's part of it is, you know, the football part of it. Other part is just overall, you know, the maturation of a young man. Andy Baxter, Letterman Roll. Ryan, uh, did you guys know that Jordan Hancock could be quite this versatile? I mean, he feels like a huge part of this defense at this moment. I guess what has been your perspective of this moment? Yeah, we, we felt like when we were recruiting him that this is, this is what we thought he could be, um, that we thought there was versatility there between nickel and corner, and that's what you're seeing. Very competitive, very instinctual, um, you know, and, and you're seeing it. You know, he, he works really hard. You know, he's another guy with a great work ethic that is always in here watching film, getting extra work in. He's very serious. You know, he was very frustrated last year with that injury that he had, and so worked hard this offseason, and, and now you're starting to see his best football. For that 2021 class, you talked before the season about this was going to be a big year for them. Uh, seven games in now, a couple top ten wins. I guess, what's your assessment of that class and how they've come along? I think they're getting more and more of these big game experiences. And when you get more battles under your belt, 
you know, you learn more and more, you become more veteran. And, and now they're becoming that way. And, you know, that, that makes you dangerous as you head into November. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean anything. You know, we still got to play this week and we've got to keep growing, but, um, you know, it does make a difference when you have guys who played a lot of football. And I just think back on maybe some of the other teams we've had the last couple of years. We've been talented, but not as experienced. So, again, I've said this before, we're going to count on that being a difference maker here. Uh, Jeremy Birmingham, the podcast. Ryan, as you go through a season, there's obviously a ton of things that you're thinking about on a week-to-week basis, tons of different evaluations, minutiae. How do you evaluate the job individual assistant coaches are doing as far as their their primary responsibility throughout the season? Like, is that a conversation you have now? Or does it always have to wait until the end of the year? No, it doesn't have to wait. Um, I think the, the first and the easiest way to identify it and evaluate is, you know, are your guys grading out as champions during the game? And if yes, then keep it going. If not, we've got to figure out why that is. If, you, if your guys are grading out over 80% in a game, then, you know, that's the sign that your unit's performing at a high level. And we want, you know, all 10 units to be operating at a high level. If that's the case, we feel like we can win any game in the – Uh, on the schedule but if not then something's going wrong you know and you know each guy is responsible for recruiting their position and then developing their position and then ultimately the performance on the field so um you know we're we're all being evaluated you know me included so um yeah every week is an evaluation in my opinion how much do you look at a year ago with tim walton's room very thin depth wise and then a lot of injuries and then you see the development into this season, it looks like night and day. I mean, how, how do you measure all of those different data points? Yeah, well, you just, you first off, it's the eye test. And I, th- I think I mentioned that to you guys in the off season. And it's like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll believe it when we see it. But they were getting their hands on balls all off season. And, and then now you're starting to see production on the field. And, and that's what you look for. You know, you, you look for the eye test. You look for how are they practicing. And then ultimately, how are they performing on the field? Tom Moore, Buckeye Huddle. Um, there have been a couple times in goal-to-go situations, red zone situations, where you've gone heavy, mm-hmm. taken Marvin off the field. I think looking from the outside, you look at how much attention Marvin gets. And I think, you know, it's sort of easy to say, just throw him out to the field side and, yeah. you know, have, have a guy or two chase him out there and then maybe that gives you numbers advantage or you got Marvin one-on-one. What's the thinking behind not? always throwing Marvin out there by himself. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I think it's a good point. I, you know, when you get down there on the, the one or two yard line, um, you know, we got to get in. You know, it's unacceptable not to get in. So we have long discussions on what gives us the best chance to do that. And we'll keep doing that. And, you know, um, if if having Marv out there gives us the best opportunity, then we'll do that as well. But, um, you know, I just I feel like, you know, we got to be able to make a yard or two when we get down in there. And I know there's a lot of people in the box. I get it. But, um, you know, but we'll keep looking at it and making sure that we're doing what's right and putting our guys in the right situation. All right. Adam King, WBMS. You kind of joked about winning with defense, but I'm curious, knowing that you have a defense that can go out there and make plays like they did this Saturday, does that change your scheme on offense at all? Does it change your play calling thought? Uh, I mean, I think, like, you know, ball's on a two-yard line. You know, we got to get in get in the end zone. I mean, it's just ridiculous that we're not getting in the end zone in that spot. But but overall, um, you know, I just feel like, um, you know, we're still trying to score every time we touch the ball. Um, when we get into the second half of a game or we get into a situation where, you know, the defense is playing really well, we also want to make sure that we're 1-0 at the end of the night. And, and that's 
that's my job to make sure we're winning you know and um but that doesn't mean we're not trying to score you know 50 points every time we go on the field uh, you know we're gonna, gonna look to do that and um but as as the game goes on there's certain things where you have to make sure you're not putting your team at risk um and being you know foolish uh doug Lee maurice kings of columbus uh Marv's percentage of snaps in the slot has gone up the last three games. Now that also coincides with the Mecca, his injury. Yeah. But we sort of talked a lot in the preseason about moving Marv around. And just can you take us through the process a little bit of when you have a player that good that you know a defense is going to key on, mm-hmm. and yet you find a way to target him 16 times in a game that important, and he has that kind of impact? Like, how, how did you guys plan that and then yeah. execute it? Well, it, it's. Um... You know, it takes a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of work by Marv um, to make sure that you know we're trying to maximize him as a player and, and give him the the opportunities to win in man to man. And you know, I think if you just kind of leave him in one spot all the time, it makes things a lot easier for the defense to key in on him and and do everything they can to take him away. So you know, we have to constantly be creative and find ways to do that. Um, and that's our challenge week in and week out. Um, you know, the more efficient we can be in other areas, the less pressure you know it, it, it puts on Marv. So, you know, I, I know that we have to do uh, a better job of taking pressure off of him. But at the same time, we're going to try to find as many ways as we can get him the ball. And when you decide to go to something like a quarterback run package, like you've done with Devin, certainly there's skill sets involved with the people. But also, not that anybody's. You don't want anyone to get hurt, right? But when you see the number two quarterback get hurt on a play like that, is that part of why maybe you don't want the starting quarterback doing that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a part of it. You know, when you when you when you're you know involved in those styles of runs, you know, you, you put yourself at risk. Uh, I thought Devin ran hard again. I mean, he poured it up in there and just just came up short. Um, but you know, you you have to, you know, that that's kind of the, the risk and reward and. You know, you know, we lost him in, in that game, and, and probably will for at least a week or two. Um, and so, you know, that's that's what you try to weigh out. You know, what gives you the best chance, and what's the risk versus the reward. Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Uh, you said on Saturday when you were asked about Kyle that you know you'd have to look at the tape, and there's going to be some throws that he missed, he made some good throws, but also some ones he missed. Yeah. When you watched it uh, again, is that what was your take on it? And is he kind of are you content, and that's a loaded word, but with where he is seven games into his first year as a starter? Yeah, I mean, there was, like we kind of felt like coming off the field, there was really good plays, and then certainly plays where, you know, you like to execute better. Um, I don't think that's unique to Kyle. I think there's a lot of guys who felt that way. And uh, he's in a much different place than he was early in the season. He's got, you know, two top ten wins under his belt. And, um, and so that there's got to be a lot of confidence there. But there's still room for growth, which is exciting, you know. And um, you know, when we watch the film. I mean, there's there's things that we just uh, we did well, that we, and other things that we can do better. So um, he was critical of himself. You know, we're critical of ourselves as coaches, making sure we're putting him in the right spot. Um, and so, you know, if we started out here, and we want to get to here. You know, where are we at in that that progression? You know, I don't exactly know, but I know that he's still got a lot of great football ahead of him. On Saturday, you had the punt that hit Lorenzo. Obviously, it took a funny bounce. Yep. But there have been special teams blunders almost every week. How concerned are you about that, and, and what's your solution for that? 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at, um, you know, the, the play a couple of weeks ago when when the, when the snap cut, you know, blundered, and, and then this one right here, uh, the bottom line is they, those things can't happen. That's just that's just it. Um, and you know, one, it, it slipped out of his hands. It can't slip out of your hands. Two, the ball bounced, and you know, JB yells, makes the call, points to it, but Lorenzo doesn't hear him. We got to be louder. That's just what it is. And and those are two. You know, strange plays, but they could they could cost you a game, and so um, you know we we've got to be better. We can't let that stuff because that that was a huge swing. You know, even the ball in the two, we get a stop, and we get to get that ball around midfield. We don't, and then we get to put the defense back on the field. So uh, regardless of how that all shook out or took a funny balance, it doesn't matter. It just cannot happen, and we got to get the ball back in those situations. And final questions, uh, front row Tim May on three. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, just three quickies. Uh, number one, when y'all watch the play, the third, <laughs> yeah, once every third week. yeah, the third and goal out of the out formation, and literally the offensive line came off the ball as one. Yeah, one guy was was off the line, was a a beat late, and that's the guy that made the that play. Made, when you watch that on video, when you show it to the team, I mean, do y'all throw stuff at the screen? I mean, what, what, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. What is the, what is the reaction, and how do you get that point across? Because that's a veteran guy. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. There's no question. You're exactly right. You hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we we probably need to you know move him up on in that situation, um, give him a better chance to make that make that block. Um, but you know, he's done so many great things. That, you know, I mean, I. Uh, so you know, ultimately, that that's going to come down on us. You know, we got to do a better job of putting them in a better situation. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that that makes literally you know make us we can't eat solid food. I mean, it's just sick. You know, the the fact that we you know we we didn't get in right there. But um, yeah, you know, I just feel like we got to put them in a better situation. Uh, the mesh lives, you know. But uh, if, as uh, uh, Marvin makes that makes that catch and cuts across and goes to the side, Carnell Tate, freshman. Yeah. Great awareness. Wrote through really two blocks on that play. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the game is coming right at him, flopping on that uh, onside kick, you know, and uh, he makes the catch and stuff. How does that elevate him in your mind? I mean, and what does it just show you about him and his gamesmanship? Yeah, gamesmanship and, and, and awareness in that spot, you know, and I think there probably was a situation where maybe he could have pushed him in the back, but he didn't, and then he slid off to the next. I mean, it's just really good awareness. Uh, great signs for a young player. And then. You know, they see Marv on one side and they see Carnell on the other side. They say, we're going to kick to the freshman. And he makes a play like, you know, smooth and goes down and game's over. Um, uh, don't take those things for granted. I mean, that's that's somebody who the moment's not too big for him. You know, he was ready for that. And um, again, really encouraging for his future. And one of the things, uh, Josh Proctor, is he playing like y'all envisioned three, four years ago and stuff? I mean, what, when you watch video of him the next day, what, what's just showing up about him? I think we've always seen his potential and what he can be, um, and you're starting to see it more consistently now. And um, he knows that you know he and Lather are a big part of how we're going to play here down the stretch. And uh, both of them have the ability, and, and you're starting to see way more consistency in that area. They're working hard. They're building confidence. I think you can just physically see that. And so that's got to continue this week. Thank you. Of course, thank you. Thanks, guys.
welcome back. Next up at the podium is the Buckeyes defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Do you ever remember uh, coaching a defense that uh, was, um, I guess for you, 15-0 and 0 on third downs? At one point you guys held them so 15 straight. They were 0 for 15 on third downs. Do you ever remember coaching a defense that did that? I, you know, I remember some good days. Um, but that's, that's hard to beat. Yeah, I can't uh, specifically recall that kind of production. Ty Leak uh, specifically. Um, I'm sure he's playing better and he's in better condition than last year. Maybe it's a combination. Is there one factor that, that's leading to him playing so much and so well this year? Nope. Healthy reps, attitude. You know, Ty Leak has, has it all. You know, so uh, athletic ability, it just keeps showing up. Uh, second row, we're going to NathanBear, Cleveland.com. Before you got here, by a few years, uh, this program was running into this issue where it had these sort of unexpected, catastrophic, I guess you would call it, losses that, that would crop up. Is there anything about the way Ryan runs this program that you think helps insulate against that, like the week-to-week -week approach to the season that helps avoid those sort of problems? No, Coach Day just preaches consistency, he breaks down the week for our players, you know, what we're doing every day so they understand it. And, um, you know, he's got a great intensity to him, um, you know, that can motivate the players uh, w without bringing them down. So it's just a complete program. When you guys were deciding that Nickel was the best position for Sonny, his ability as a blitzer, even either just the skill or maybe his body type in that role, how much of that was a factor? No, it's a definite factor. I mean, he it's it's an added dimension when you have a, a nickel with his size and uh, athletic ability to be able to attack the line of scrimmage. Uh, behind Nathan to Dan Hope, eleven words. Jim, do you have any? opinions on the whole sign-stealing deal, and what do you do maybe to counteract other teams trying to do that against you? I've been instructed by the higher-ups. I'm not speaking about that. It's a, it's a great thing about being a middle manager. I'm sorry. On that note, we'll go to the back camera, T. Robinson. Jim, when you look at the film um, of Jermaine specifically, just what stood out second watching of this game? He doesn't flinch, you know, at the um, <clears throat> point of competitive excellence. You know, um, there was a shot, right, in press coverage, and he got his head back for the ball. He finished through the ball on a huge stage. So I think that speaks right there. There were times last year where the corners didn't really get their head turned around and they got called for a PI. What does it say about a guy like that who can, like you said, the first time on a big stage, they would turn around and make him the ball? He's got a lot of naturalness and he takes coaching well and uh, you, you can coach him hard and he doesn't back down. All right, we'll go to the center back, uh, Patrick Murphy, 247. Jim, when a team brings a quarterback off the bench, play the red zone like you guys have, were doing with Devin. What does that, what are the pros and cons from a defensive perspective of that, beyond the obvious of you know, he, he's dual threat? 
you're bringing a guy in, I assume that gives you some idea of what's coming, but also more dangerous, I imagine, as well? Yeah, you might have an idea of what's coming, but you got to remember it's all about uh, practice time allocation, right? I mean, that's where uh, there's only so many hours and, and that you're allowed to practice. So uh, when you have someone with a different package, you, you have to uh, practice that. Um, you become more predictable, I guess, on defense because you just can't practice as much as you'd like to when, they, when the package changes. Go fourth row on the aisle, uh, Spencer Holbrook. Uh, Jim, it seemed like last year you guys would, would adjust, but it would come after uh, you know some of those bigger plays happened. Penn State had a 20-yard run and a 16-yard run, and then nothing else after that. What does it say about your guys that they're so quick to adjust? And maybe that starts with you, or maybe it starts with the linebackers. I guess where does that start? <laughs> yeah, I, I just started to adjust sooner i guess um but no they, they your point is well taken it they they understand the system so you know we can quickly go from one thing to another um without having to you know get on the get on the sideline and explain it and break it down you know so they they know enough that i can make those calls change it right away right away and they respond just the experience and this knowledge of the system is, shows up when it comes to like not letting things snowball. Is there are defenses that give up one big play that turns into two and then turns into a touchdown. And you guys seem to give up one and then each play is like a new drive. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a resiliency that comes along with knowledge and confidence. And I think that's what you're seeing. Front row on the aisle, Austin Ward. Jim Steele was kind of open that. Notre Dame game and Maryland that he may have struggled a little bit, eye discipline, things like that. Did, did you feel like he was in that a little bit of a funk and that was Saturday a bounce back in your, your mind for him? Mm. You know, I, I think Steele is always learning and growing. I mean, you you, you really can't discount, uh, you know, the fact that he was a running back. He's still – he's just always learning and growing. So um, – but he did have a really good week of practice, and I told him that um, without giving him too much sugar because I said he might be a diabetic. That's what I said to him. Steel, you did okay this week, you know, but no, he had a good week of practice, and, and it showed up in the game. So, you know, but he still is, he's always learning and growing. All the way to the left, Whitney Harding, WCMH. Hey, Jim. Um, you play Wisconsin, you know there's going to be a really good running back in the backfield. Uh, Raylan Allen's a, another in a long list. What is special about him from what you've seen? What does he do that's maybe different or just does well? He breaks a lot of tackles. Um, he really does in different ways, you know. Guys try to go low on him and he gets his pads down and – they bounce off him, so um, he breaks a lot of tackles. It's the best I can put it. That seems simple. Mm -hmm. um, one of the explosive, few explosive plays Penn State had against you guys with the tight end. Notre Dame had some really big plays against your defense with the tight end. What is it about those kinds of schemes with the tight end that maybe the defense is susceptible to, and how do you work on fixing that? Yeah, you, you get uh, guys closer to the line of scrimmage, right, when you're when – you're, 
covering someone and you're closer to the line of scrimmage, things happen fast. So you get, you know, you lose your eye discipline in terms of, you know, the runs coming at you and the play action, and you don't have time and distance to decipher what's going on. So I think that's how tight ends get loosed because things happen quickly. Second row right here, Bill Landis. Jim, is there anything um, unique or challenging about facing a Wisconsin offense that's going through a little bit of a philosophical transition compared to what they've done previously, but also still has a lot of the same personnel for the stuff that they were doing previously? Yeah, they're, they're um, you know, spread the field more and challenge you with the RPO game. So, you know, I think it makes them multidimensional because they still have the the runs, but then they have the built-in passes off of them. So it, it, it makes you play more honest. Uh, we'll go over here to Tim May. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, uh, obviously, they had to go to a different quarterback last week. You know, the Mordecai uh, got hurt, and uh, this lot kid, uh, what, what just stands out about him? What's different about him compared to the previous guy? And how does that – you throw a lot of the video you had before out. Yeah, they're still right now. They're still running the same offense. He's very similar, you know. It's um, maybe he doesn't have as much experience, but really similar guys, same offense. Yeah, but he kind of hit his stride in the second half against Illinois. So that was kind of an impressive comeback, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, you could tell he got when he got some reps underneath him and into the flow of the game. He did a really good job. Yeah, and uh, Josh Proctor, what what what's compared to the Josh Proctor this time a year ago? What what is the biggest difference? I can. How can you describe what he's gone through in terms of getting him to where he is right now from the standpoint of being an effective, consistent player? At least it appears to be to me. He's been through, Josh, been through a lot of ups and downs, um, you know, just in life in general. And I think that's why um, I've always coached college and want to continue to coach college because He's just one of those guys. Sometimes it takes him two, some three, some four, some five, some six. But eventually you get to see the light bulb come on and like everything starts to go right. You saw him in high school. I mean, I mean, you're. you're oh, yeah, I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, I was at his practice. This yeah. is the kind of player everybody projected for him to be at this point. This is it. He's, he's, he's starting to hit on all cylinders. Yep. Thank you. Fourth row middle, Tony Gerdeman. I was just going to ask that, Jim. Thank you. Um, when did that? When did you see it for him? When did that light go on this year? It, it isn't on. It sure looks like this. He's on. The, he's on that path. He's on that path. Um, our job as coaches is to keep keep pushing him along. That's what we have to do. Um, you know, it was one of those things that where you hoped you saw the talent, but you really didn't know until games. You know, you don't. You just didn't know. And with Proc until he started to do it in games and then he started to string games together and and that's what makes a great player was it frustrating for both of you last year that it didn't happen sure yep safety driven defense you talked about talking about josh is this defense being safety driven like you wanted is that coming to fruition yeah i'm, I'm you know you're I think you're starting to see that. I mean, you're starting to see safety show up in different places and making plays at critical times. And uh, that's, yeah, that's that's just an understanding of the system and, and how they can make plays. We'll go front, uh, second row here, Doug Blaine-Louise. 
Jim, um, you know, all the work you put in during the week to prepare for a game, are there times when you're sitting up there and, like, the artistry of calling a game, are there days where you feel like, okay, like, I've got it, like, I have a feel for this, and are there days where it's like, oh, I planned for this, and it feels like, you know, banging my head against the wall, I just can't get a handle on it. Like, what's it like when you're up in the box? All of that. I mean, you can't, um, you know, it's, it's really... Um, one play at a time and three plays ahead at the same time. You know, while you look backwards, you know, to learn from what happened and what they're trying to do, you know, maybe what you did well, where they might go with it. Um, <clears throat> there's really no time to, you know, kind of say, oh, that, that, that was good, you know. I mean, maybe for an instant, but you have to move on. You know, it's just... Um, just a highly focused job, you know, one where if you're doing it right, when it's done, you have uh, tremendous headaches and you don't really know what happened. You know what I mean? You just try to, you just try to get into a zone and stay there no matter what happens because that's what we want our players to do. We want them to stay there, keep competing, keep playing no matter what happens, and that's what uh, we have to do as coaches. And Denzel Burke has played probably as well as any corner in the country this year. Just to have a defensive performance like you guys did without an excellent player like that, like what's what does that tell you about this secondary of this defense? That just tells me they're buying in. They're 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 seeing what Denzel's doing and the other guys, and they're they're all just kind of getting in line and ready to play. And um, coaching's been great. The attitudes have been great. The competition, right? Remember I said it all starts with the competition in practice and going against great receivers every day, you know, and um, they're stepping up, and now they're all just hungry to play. You know, they want their shot. Uh, right next to him, Stephen Means. Uh, start with George Hancock. It's one thing to be able to do both of those things, but I would assume it's very difficult to be able to do both of those things in the same game, depending on, you know, what's going on in the game. What about his skill set? let you know that he could do that and make that switch from outside the nickel, basically from a down to down. Yeah, he's he's um, got really good football intelligence, and I think he had his best game, and you saw him show up in different places at different times. Um, he, he's got a, a very steady attitude, you know, to be able to handle all the things that are thrown at him. Um his competitive excellence is climbing all the time, meaning, you know, performing at the moment. You know, he's just developing confidence. He's got uh, size, he's got speed, athletic ability, and, um, you know, he's willing to be aggressive. He's a, will he's a willing tackler, and that makes a difference. The way you blitzed him, like, it worked a lot on Saturday, and there were times last year when you would blitz and it felt like the corners couldn't hold up in coverage, and that's where the things would break down at. What about your corners are you liking this year that maybe in a game like on Saturday, you sent maybe a couple more blitzes and you've sent all season. Do you feel more confident that those guys are going to hold up on a week-to-week -week basis? Yes. They're, play they're playing better. They're competing for the ball. They're in position, and uh, they're making plays. Uh, fourth row middle, uh, Andy Anders, one of the worst. Yeah, so it felt like uh, you – did a little more with blitzing against Penn State. There was, I think, an all-out blitz where Proctor got a key third down stop. Just, I guess, when you have players now that understand the system so well, 
as the year has gone on, do you feel like you've introduced more of those maybe aggressive blitz concepts because you feel confident in the back end to prevent big plays still? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and they're always there. You know, it's just a matter of timing and when to do it, and and uh, not put our guys in bad position. But you're right; the more they understand it, and the more uh, we're able to defend on the back end, the more we do it. Uh, we will go in the front row here, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Um, you mentioned sugar before; a lot of sugar is being kind of tossed your way. Uh, you personally, and, and the defense. I know you well enough. Does that, in certain ways, kind of scare you? I mean, are you are you feeling like things are really rolling and what can go wrong? You're thinking this is exactly where we want to be. How do you know about my childhood? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> you know, um, it's it's really added pressure, right? And it's really becomes uh, my job to get the uh, players to understand that you know when you start to play well the expectations become higher you know and that um, we can't go backwards and the only way to do that is keep practicing at a high level so it's really I don't feel one way or another about it but I know that um, our players are young men, young men you know so it's my job to keep them keep yelling at him, I guess, I would say. um, What tangible ways can this defense get better? We have some, um, we had some issues with some motion adjustments, uh, you know, where where we can be better at that. Um, They they can do a better job of making the play when I make a bad call. They can do that, (laughs) you know. yeah, I mean, and that's that's a, that's joking, but at the same time, it's like okay, if we are not uh, perfect in everything, right? Let's make sure that we still um, have leverage and 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 you know get the ball on the ground. It's you know that like controlled chaos when something happens that wasn't exactly planned. How are we reacting to that? How are we handling that? But uh, a lot of it has to do with just motion adjustments and shifts and, and things that I see that I know we got to keep working on. All right, last set of questioners. Uh, first to Andy Baxter. Jim, uh, with Jordan, you mentioned his steady attitude. Uh, how much did that come about last year with his injury issues? And I know he said he couldn't fully explode. Uh, I guess what did you see from his attitude last season that's kind of shown this season as well? Yeah, I think he, you know, I definitely think he, he uh, had a chip on his shoulder or, or you know, um, wanted to do better last year and wasn't in position to do that. So I think he had his his motivation to be really good this year was high, you know, and he prepared himself that way. All right, and then we'll wrap it up right here in the front with Joey Coughlin. Wisconsin's typically the team that's going to be ball control, run heavy, and they've past years where their their runs flat, their run pass goes might be two runs to every pass, and they're almost like a 50-50 team this year with their their offensive transition. Just what's it been like watching them on on film? This beginning ready for Wisconsin that looks a little different. Yeah, well, they just challenge you, you know, um, from sideline to sideline, you know all their runs have passes off of them. So it's like I said, it, it doesn't, it uh, makes them really two-dimensional, whereas maybe in the past they're just one-dimensional. Now 
you get the run, but you could also get the pass somewhere else on the field because they're both happening at the same time. Did you put sugar in your coffee? No. No way. Coach, thank you. All right. Next up, we'll jump into our DeLorean and head over to Wednesday as you will hear the lightning round from Ryan Day. Okay, lightning round number two in this format. We'll open up over here to the left, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Uh, Ryan, um, I don't know how well you know Luke, but he's taken took over the program and really is doing, in some ways, a 180 in terms of philosophy. You didn't really do that. Is it because you didn't think you had to? And how, how big of a challenge do you think that would be to do what he's trying to do? Um, well, I, just two very, very different situations. Um, and there's pluses and minuses to both. Um, you know, I think when you when you go into a situation, you, you, you try to identify what things you want to um, continue and things that you know you want to start fresh with. And um, both have their uh, advantages, both have their challenges. But um, no, he's obviously done a great job everywhere he's been. Uh, Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Ryan, there are weeks where you say that you guys had a great week of practice. There are weeks yeah. Don't say that you had a bad week of practice. But yeah. when you have a week like this where you come off an emotional like yeah. you know that your guys are, are locked in. Are there signs from practice and things like yeah. that? Yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit of an eye test. You just see the focus. You see um, the energy level. Um, you, you just watch it. The execution, you see it in practice. Um, you can't overreact one way or the other. You have to continue to be consistent. But that's what we did. That was the message that we just had on, coming off the field. You know, I thought it was a solid week of practice. Um, but if you want to be a championship-level team, you have to bring it every single week. And, and that means, you know, battling every week the ability to be consistent you know not um you know start to cut corners you know that's kind of the human element is like well let me see if i can get away with not having this meal or going to bed a little bit later or maybe not doing uh, this much film work or whatever those things are and and you know if we want to get to where we need to be um you know we have to be consistent and this we know this is going to be a big challenge we know it's going to be rocking there you know, they have a very good team they're well coached so we have to play our best football and our, and our goal is to play our best football at the end of the season and we've got to show up and play consistent football the way that, you know, uh, I think we have this year. We've been, we have been building, we have been growing, um, but certainly, you know, for a championship level team like we expect to be, then we got to play really good football and, and we want to play our best football on Saturday night. You know, this isn't just like, let's go try to win a game. Like we got to play our best football that we played all season and in all three phases. Over here, Tim May on three, Letterman Road. We've got Kenyatta Jackson on the North 20. Yeah, Ryan, is there a sense right now after this practice that you're going to have a full complement of players on, on Saturday? How much, yeah. how much does that help your planning for one of another? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, got a you know a bunch of guys back, which is great. Um, you know, when you say full, I mean, there'll still be some different things here and there. Um, but, but no, it, it certainly does help. And, you know, it's hard when you go through a week and you're not quite sure. Yeah, because, you know, you put things in, you put things, you take things out. Um, but, you know, we feel like we've had a good week of practice. We're going to get some guys back this week, which we feel great about. Um, and it has been a solid week of practice coming off the field. You know, so the pads are off here. We've got to have a great Thursday. Um, but, yeah, you know, look, looking looking forward to getting some guys back into the fold. Austin Ward uh, rivals the podcast. It feels like the way you've talked about Marvin, maybe mostly after the game on Saturday, was intentional with he was left off some midseason All-American teams. I know that you don't necessarily care about that. But right. have, you, have you felt like he is not getting the attention outside of the Woody that he might deserve? I, you know, 
I don't know what he's getting for attention, honestly. <laughs> you know, I don't because every minute we have, we're, we're trying to grind and work. But um, I just know what I've seen. Um, I mean, if there's a better player in the country or receiver, I mean, certainly receiver in the country, I'd, I'd like to know who he is. And I'm sure there's an argument out there. Everyone wants to defend their guys. But, um, you know, and I don't sit there and usually, you know, brag on our players. But when you see a guy, you know, put the work in that he has and produce the way that he has, yeah, he deserves to be in, in the mix for, for Heisman. I just believe that. Um, I'm sure people would argue with that, but it's pretty hard to argue with what um, he's put on the field so far this year. So, um, you know, they don't give out awards, you know, in week seven or eight. You know, they give them out at the end of the year. It's a lot of work to be done, but, you know, I know he should be in consideration. Uh, Kellyanne Stitz, WSYX. Coach, just for clarification, did Denzel, Trey, and Emeka practice today? Um, yeah, I don't, you know, once I start getting into, like, who practice, who doesn't, it's hard for me, but um, those guys have all, you know, had good weeks, and, you know, we're, we're expecting those guys to be available for sure. Yeah. Any other questions here? Over here, Cameron Teague Robinson, the athletic. Brian, Ty Lake has mentioned the, a big part of his production this year has been his growth and focus from where he got to freshman year to now. Yeah. How much have you seen his maturation process grow and how much does that help on the field? Well, we were talking about it coming off the field last Thursday was that when, I don't know, I think I've told maybe told the story before, but on, on our way to the spring game, um, his freshman year, he's like, man, I can't wait to go to the game. We we're on the bus going over. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never seen the stadium before. You know, when we recruited him, it was during COVID. And so these guys didn't play a lot of football. He really didn't play much, um, you know, his last couple of years. So, you know, those guys were a little bit behind in their in their maturation process. But he came in right away. You could see the athleticism. You could see the ability. And he's really embraced, you know, what we're doing here. And you're seeing him play his best football right now. And, again, I still think he's got room to grow. And he's a big part of our defense, and it's going to be a big part of the next month, you know, if we're going to reach our goals. And we're going to have last question, Doug Lamarie, Kings of Columbus. Uh, Ryan Camp Randall gets a little nuts there. Yeah. When you're going to a, a place like that, what's the biggest effect potentially on the football? Is it just like hearing your calls on offense? Yep. Is there emotion involved in it? Like, how can it affect you? Yeah, all the above. And, and I think when you haven't done it before, it certainly – is different. We have been in those environments. Our guys have been in those environments, but it doesn't uh, mean it's easy. It's hard. Um, you know, communicating on offense. Um, you know, you, you just naturally feel the ebb and flows of the game, and and that's part of it. I think the more you play, the more veteran you are, the less effect it has. But it's still um, always hard to go on the road and, and win games. And this is this is a place that I haven't played before, but I've heard so many. People talk about the difficulty that, that it is and uh, the great fans that are there, and, and you know, uh, we know it's going to be that way, and, um, and that's what makes Big Ten football great. Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. And finally, we will wrap up with Ohio State starting quarterback Kyle McCord. Yeah, um, obviously I feel like from week one to week seven, just looking at it kind of from a grand scheme of things, I feel like uh, personally I feel like I've just gotten more comfortable, more comfortable in the system, uh, more comfortable in my leadership role, um, just more comfortable in all facets of the game. But at the same time, you know, as good it is, as good as it is that we're 7-0, I feel like there's so much room for improvement for not only myself but the offense and the team. 
And so I think that's exciting, and you know, knowing that we got two top ten wins, and there's so much room for improvement. It looked like there were a few throws on Saturday that, that, that you didn't put exactly where you wanted. Is that mm -hmm. a fair assessment? Yeah. How hard are you on yourself when that happens? Yeah, I mean, I don't think, um, you know, regardless of what any coach has to say, what you know, anybody in the outside world has to say, no one's going to be harder on myself than I am. You know, I'm my own biggest critic, and you know, I know if this team is going to accomplish. Uh, the things that we want to accomplish, um, you know, I know I have to take my game to the next level. And so, you know, I don't think that's a secret, you know, so I, I take it as a challenge every single day, just trying out to come and, and get better. Kyle, what does taking the game to the next level look like? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like uh, there's a million different answers for that. Uh, I think the biggest thing uh, playing quarterback here is just being a leader, getting all the guys on the same page, rallying the troops, you know, when things aren't going great and we're kind of spinning our tires, you know, getting guys going. Uh, but then I think just from, uh, uh, you know, performance standpoint, just putting points on the board for this offense and, you know, whatever I need to do, uh, you know, whether that's standing in the pocket, making a throw, getting us into the right run check, you know, getting us in the right protection, whatever that is. And, you know, I feel like we're taking steps in the right direction, which is uh, the good thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, just continuing to get better off things like that. The fumble you have in the fumble yesterday in the game, are you trying to pull that back? Did you double clutch because you saw the, the contact with Marvin on the field? I guess what happened? Yeah, so Marvin was really the first read on that play and obviously kind of got held up there. Uh, and so I got out of the pocket uh, trying to extend it, and we were kind of on that fringe range, so I was trying to throw it away and avoid taking a sack because I feel like if we took a sack there, we'd probably be out of field goal range, uh, so trying to save points. But, you know, I think I have to do a better job of um, getting rid of that ball um, earlier or, you know, if you know, worse comes to worse, just taking a sack there and, you know, living with it rather than, you know, what could have been a touchdown for Penn State. There was a play at Purdue where a similar something happened where you were going down and you tried to throw the ball away. I think your knee was ultimately down before you got rid of the ball anyways. I guess how much of a talk is there between you and Ryan about this play is maybe not happening? Yeah, I mean, obviously that's something that I need to eliminate, um, just plays like that. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like sometimes – uh, you know, if you make the play, everybody's happy. It's great, but at the same time, you kind of have to have to weigh the risk with the reward. Um, and I feel like that's part of the game, but that's part of the game that I feel like I need to get better at, and uh, not putting the ball in harm's way. Because you know, if we stay on schedule, and you know, if I took a sack there against uh, Penn State, you know, it would have sucked in the moment. But you know, they wouldn't have gotten uh, a touchdown. You know, thankfully the, the ref saw the hold. But now with, Car with Carnell, he was the, he was the second most targeted receiver on Saturday, I think. Mm -hmm. What goes into forming chemistry with a guy who comes two years after? Yeah, I think uh, Carnell getting here in the spring helped um, myself a lot and helped him out a lot too. And um, you know, he was advanced from the time he got here. You know, I think everybody saw that right from the jump. And uh, you know, he had a really good spring ball and uh, got some reps with the ones in spring ball, which. Uh, helped out a lot, and then he, you know, worked his tail off all off season, and we got a bunch of reps, and then fall camp the same thing. Um, so I feel like we definitely made up for that lack of um, time together, uh, just this past eight months, whatever it was. And then, uh, you know, he's just a tremendous player to be, you know, 18 years old and to be able to step into a game like that, um, and you know, play really well. And uh, obviously, you guys see my trust in him. I target him a few times, um, so you know, the, the future is beyond right for Carnell. Is there, was there a moment, uh, whether it be in spring or in the fall, where you're like, okay, like, this guy's going to be with the one soon enough? Yeah, I mean, really when uh, Mech and Julian um, kind of decide they weren't going to get reps, uh, I forget exactly the reason why in the spring, um, and then Carnell 
kind of stepped up into that role right away. And uh, and I uh, did a really good job. And, you know, I, I knew right kind of from that first day, just the way he carried himself, the way he ran his routes, the way he talked, uh, talked and saw the game, you know, he was going to be one of them. And then uh, one more thing. What's it like throwing up against Jermaine? <laughs> Yeah, Jermaine is uh, he's probably one of the most competitive kids on the team. And uh, when he got here, it didn't matter if he was going against Marvin or a freshman receiver, he was going to bring the same exact intensity, the same exact focus to, to every single rep. And uh, that was really the first time I saw a young DB. It kind of reminded me of Denzel's freshman year when he started. Um, you know, he kind of, uh, his eyes lit up at, at the opportunity to play against a good competition. If you were coach, wouldn't that be what you'd want to see in a cornerback from the get-go? 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think cornerback, um, you know, you have to be a little bit crazy to play. You know, you knowing that you're on an island one-on-one -on -one with the best athletes on the world and it's your job to, to lock them down, you know, that's that's tough to do. And, um, you know, he plays with a bunch of confidence, plays a bunch of energy, so he's going to be really good. Uh, what, what do you see from Wisconsin's defense? You may have answered this earlier for a guy in college, but what just jumps out at you about the way they play? Yeah, I think Coach Fickle's got them playing really well. And obviously he has a great track record regardless of where he's been. There's been a good defense there. And uh, they're super well coached. You can see that on film. And they have a good scheme on top of that. And they play hard. That's the biggest thing. And, you know, those guys bring it every single play. And that's noticeable on film. And so we know it's going to be a big test going out there on Saturday, uh, 730, in a tough environment against a tough defense. So we know we've got our hands full. Is that, is that your perfect game or wherever you want to call it? You know, it's, it's still eluding you guys offensively to a certain extent. Is that like a carrot for you guys? How would you explain it? A hundred percent. You know, I feel like everybody knows on offense that we really haven't put together a complete full game yet. You know, and there's been times where we've been rolling and putting points up on the board. And, uh, you know, there's been times where we needed to have it and we did. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I don't, I know that everybody in the offense can't say from quarter one to quarter four, we put together a complete game. So that's still something that we're chasing for. You were telling you the, last question. The need to understand when to just take a sack and when to try to make a play. Is that, for when you're new to this, as a guy who's typically been able to make those plays, especially in high school, is that a, difficult thing to try to develop and get inside your head that sometimes you just need to be able to take the sack and live to see another play. Yeah, uh, I feel like, um, you know, I said this earlier, it's just about weighing the, the risk with the reward. Um, you know, obviously you want to scramble out of the pocket and make those big time plays and, you know, extended plays and, um, you know, continue to move the, the offense, put points up on the board. But, um, you know, you can't put the team at risk you know when you're trying to do that and if the opportunity presents itself and it's clean I think you have to take it but at the same time um, you just have to be smart about it I think that's the biggest thing. Where are you in that development versus when you got first got here as a freshman to where you are now? Yeah uh, I mean I think that's one of the hardest things to replicate in practice because um, obviously the defense isn't really allowed to touch you uh, or tackle you in practice or whatever um, and then once you get in the game I think you kind of have to just kind of see almost where you're at, you know, in terms of, um, you know, just making those plays. And, um, you know, I think there's been times this year where I've done that, and then there's been times where, you know, I should have been smart and just taking a sack. Um, so I think, you know, right now I have a pretty good balance of where I am. I, I definitely think learned my lesson uh, from last week and just have to continue to grow up on that. So is a lot of this just like last, last question, the bill. Just learning on the run, just like as you're going through mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, um, you know, that the more reps I get, the more comfortable I am, the more I know, uh, the more I see, uh, just all that. Um, you know, I feel like in all assets of the game, just the more um, games I'm playing uh, and the more just opportunity, you know, the better. And so in, in terms of, um, you know, what we were just talking about, I think that's just another um, asset of that. Maybe you kind of just answered it, but 
there's certain things you can't learn until you in the fire, right? Mm -hmm. What what is what is the specific things that you learn now through seven games that okay, I wouldn't have done this in August, and now I, I know better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, one of those things is like when, you know, the offense isn't exactly moving the way you want uh, for regardless of what reason, you know, being able to kind of rally the troops a little bit. And in practice, you know, if you have a, a bad period, it's like, all right, you know, kind of put that one behind us and move on to the next period. But that's not that, that way in the game. You know, in the game, you have to play the next play. You have to play the next series. And I think, you know, being the quarterback, um, it's extremely important to kind of get all those guys going, get them all on the same page. And, uh, you know, it's something you just can't replicate in practice. And so now I feel like in game seven, you know, there's been a few of those moments where, you know, we've just been frustrated for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, I've had to kind of step up and just kind of get uh, the troops going a little bit. All right, Kyle, thank, thank you, guys. Thanks.